and brass. Treading water that they drown. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Coming at you with a special Labor Day episode because a lot of things going on here. But I mean, you guys, we wanted to give you guys some takes. You know, a lot of people talk about hot takes. We wanted to give you some hot takes, but with some actionable advice, right? A hot take without anything for you guys to do with it is just throwing out numbers, throwing out names. But John and I are coming at you today because we're going to give you some hot takes and some actionable advice of how to you know, put your team over the top for 2022 in Dynasty. John, it is Labor Day. We both got the day off. You know, I, I love it because so much was going on in, in both of our weeks. I'm just excited to be able to chop it up here today. Yeah, we're laboring here for you guys. It's a labor of love. Actionable advice. Yeah, that's what we do. No, it's great to be getting on here. With just days left before the season starts, I got a work league draft tonight. You got a family league draft. I have one more auction still to come. What it's one of the best times of the year. This is like, Dude, it's like every day, man. My yeah. kids' draft boards up behind me. Wednesday this week, we got Scott Fishbowl waivers. You know, oh, like yes, some people yes. still have some some drafts going on Tuesday, Thursday. We get some an awesome slate of Thursday night football, and then it's on. Right, it is on. Yeah, and all that work we've done in the off season, all the rookie talk, all the twenty three first talk, all the you know trades that we've made. I mean. I'm looking at, and this year is our first year with a Patreon out there, and I've had five to ten messages of guys saying, yo, Dad, like you put our team in a spot where, obviously not in the Smash Leagues, but in my home <laughs> league, I'm yeah, in an area yeah. to dominate mm-hmm. my league. And, and that's what we're here for is to give you Big guys time. real actionable trades. Uh, the first hot take I have, John, ties in perfectly with what's been going on. I mean, we didn't even mention Saturday was the kickoff of of college football. And what I want to say for my first hot takes is I'm looking at the top 12 dynasty running backs right now. And and the top, you know, five or six, they're all still pretty young. It's Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Swift, Javante, and Hall. Then you look at the next seven to ten guys in there, and you're looking at Eckler, who's going to be 27. Mixon, who's going to be 27. Dalvin, who's 27. Kamara's 27. Chubb's going to be 27. Henry's already 27. My hot take, John, is that there will be three 2023 rookies who, as soon as the rookie draft is over, are top 12 dynasty running backs. And for you guys that are casual casual listeners and just kind of checking us out for the first time, that might sound insane for us to say that there are three guys that are going to rank above those running backs that I listed, above Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, all these other guys that are they're fairly young. But, John, we saw it on Saturday, right? I mean, like, B. John Robinson is going to be top three right, off, right out the gate. And, and Jameer Gibbs is going to be right there. Zach Evans and, and Sean Tucker even. I mean, we're talking about we've been saying all offseason to sell your running backs, insulate your trades, and move – to these rookie running backs because there are some absolute studs coming out. I was so, so excited to actually get to watch these guys in action on Saturday. Some of the guys in the Patreon are like, John's going nuts. This is like a little kid in a candy store. But yeah, your was thread so- was straight fire, man. <laughs> yeah. You could tell yeah. the, the passion was in there, the excitement, mm-hmm. because 
we did a three-part series, if you guys haven't checked it out, about a month and a half, almost two months ago on how to get 23 firsts, right. players to move back like we're going to talk about today with 23 firsts and 23 seconds. And I mean, this class is no joke. This is 2020, maybe 2020 on a little bit of steroids, maybe even. I mean, this is that good. Yeah, it's kind of like you just bought some stock, you believed in this, and then boom, it just immediately takes a spike and you just feel like this immediate return. That's what it felt like for those of you that have been buying 23 firsts here because these running backs all looked really, really good. In fact, I'll break it down for you here. Go check out my thread on Twitter. You can find me at Dynasty underscore trades. But I had a top five going into the season here, Dad, of B. John Robinson, number one, Jameer Gibbs, two. I had Zach Evans at three, Sean Tucker at four, and Tank Bigsby at five. And all five of them showed out, starting with Bijan. You already missed, you mentioned him. I think what are we were talking about here, he had like 10 touches. He had 10 broken tackles. Yep, 10 forced like, missed tackles on 10 touches. I mean, that is like phenomenal ridiculous. Saquon Barkley college type talk. Yeah, you just see him with this vision, and he's just electric. He just always seems to make somebody miss. And he's just so smooth cutting in and out of breaks. He had some really smooth catches as well. And an absolute filthy red zone rushing touchdown that I posted. Ended up with 111 yards on two touchdowns. Again, on 10, 10 touches. So it, it was crazy to watch him, but just absolutely electric. And if we drafted today, John, I mean, he's got to be a top five running back. I mean, you know, you got Jonathan Taylor. You clearly I mean, still have be. to have Taylor above yeah. him. And then it's, you know, Najee, Javante, Hall, Swift. And, and he's in that that's conversation. Right there. You know, yeah. it's taking McCaffrey out of it for age. He's right there. Yeah. I think all we need to see is, I mean, hopefully he'll stay healthy this year. And and I think mm-hmm. that he's got to land first round draft capital. But a lot of people think he will, even early round two. I think he's going to be in that range. So for those of you that have a 101, maybe 102 type pick in your upcoming drafts, get Bijan. The, the other guy that I think has kind of been – for some people in the running for the top overall running back is Jameer Gibbs who transferred over to Alabama and Alabama just rolled Utah state. So they didn't really need him, but same thing with him. He had 10 touches, but 98 yards. So <laughs> you're averaging like 10 yards a touch. And he had this incredible break on a, on a run that I, I posted just like the top speed looks like, I don't know, like, 20, 21 miles an hour. He just was off like a rocket, just kind of lightning in a bottle. So Jameer Gibbs looked great. And those two will match up in week two, Texas, Alabama, in Austin. I'm actually going to be at that game. Can't wait to watch those two in that showdown. And then the other the other two, Zach Evans transferred over to Ole Miss and looked really good. Great vision, bounce, burst, had a couple nice catches. He just is like a big play waiting to happen. And he had 152 all-purpose yards. I posted one of his pretty slick runs that he had in week one. So that was a validation that he's going to look great in that new offense. And then Sean Tucker. Wow. This guy, I think I'm actually going to have to move him ahead of Zach Evans. He is amazing to watch. Go watch some of these big plays against Louisville in week one. I posted one of them on my thread. He, he took a screen and just like, boom gone like 55 yards to the house and he had six receptions looks like a true dual threat ended up with 183 yards and two touchdowns i think a lot of people are talking him up as it could be like the rb2 even 
And I can see it. I mean, when you flash like that, he just kind of gets lost because he plays for Syracuse in the ACC. But do not sleep on Sean Tucker. And then take Bigsby. Not everybody has him at five like like I do, but he played fantastic for Auburn. I actually watched him some last year, and he looks faster and more nimble this year. He, he broke a lot of tackles and finished 16 carries, 147 yards, another two touchdowns, had a breakaway run that I posted. It looked really good. He's not really involved in the passing game, so I think he's kind of a tier below some of these other guys, but I really like him. And then there was there's a bunch of other guys, Dad. Go check out the thread. I talked about Kendall Milton at Georgia, Deuce Vaughn, K-State. He had uh, Blake Corm, Michigan, Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, Devin Achain, and AM. I'm kind of watching all these guys. I'm going to keep everybody posted throughout the season on this. But, wow, I would say, no question, 23 firsts are worth more now than they were a week ago after week one college football. And I think they're only going to continue to go up. I mean, like, right. we've – We've already seen a spot where they felt like they peaked. And now I'm seeing some deals going out there. And, and one thing I, we're really trying to get you guys to, to come around on, and, and I've been talking about it, about really trying to sell your Alvin Kamara for a running back you like plus these 23 firsts. And last week we talked a lot about insulated trades, and some of our newer listeners are like, what, what is that? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to assess a breakout candidate. So if I'm selling Jonathan Taylor – I want Brees Hall, who I think is the next big thing, and an early 23 first because that insulates that value where I think Brees Hall is going to ascend up, and I think that 23 first makes up that value. Another, you know, like we're going to talk about several examples of that, but if you can insulate the value where, you know, next year Brees Hall is maybe a second difference from Jonathan Taylor, and then that early first becomes Bijan or it becomes Gibbs, now all of a sudden you just basically got a two-for-one in what you believe in. And, mm-hmm. and we, you know, that might not have been the greatest example. We're going to go over plenty of examples, but an insulated trade is just assessing that next guy. The ones I've done in the past, the most famous one was when I took DeAndre Hopkins and traded him for DK and a 23 first after his rookie year. The guy was like, thought he was going to be in the, nice. in the playoff scenario, and that ended up becoming Najee Harris and DK Metcalf for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think what I've been telling everybody, and I keep getting it, people are like, yo, Dad, you know, not all 23 firsts are the same. We have to get that crystal ball out. But you want to target this time of year that guy who's a fringe, right, who doesn't listen to Smash Except, so he doesn't realize it's top three or bottom three. He's just been sitting there at 105 to 108, you know, finishing in that fifth to eighth range. You, you make that move, right, and you, you, you get, let's say you move off of Najee Harris for Javante Williams, and you get a 23 first. So you move off of, you know, a move like that. That first, that guy thinks is going to be minimal. We're telling you how awesome this 23 class is, and we're not going to spend the whole pot on this, I promise. But we really wanted to just preface that of, like, that's how you execute those insulated trades. You get these guys, and you go from just having DeAndre Hopkins to the next year, Metcalf is worth more than Hopkins, Najee is worth more than Hopkins. It's a double win, and that's what this 23 class is going to give you. That's what happened in 2020. Uh, John, the question that everybody's asking, and you know I nailed the last two years, you know, the RB1 overall. And mm-hmm, I started mm-hmm. looking at it, right? So if you look at the RB1 overall over the last four years, it's looking yeah. at a guy that's putting up 250 carries. You know, the yardage, you're looking at somewhere around 1,200 yards. But they got to have – every single one of them has had over 15 rushing touchdowns. Okay. Every single one of them has had mm-hmm. over 
And and JT was the lowest last year with 37 receptions. So it's got to be a guy yeah. that's going to go out there and he's going to have to get receptions. He's mm-hmm. going to have to run the ball. He's going to have to score touchdowns. Who is that RB1 for you this year? You know, I think both of us have agreed it's not Jonathan Taylor for me. It's not Jonathan Taylor for you. If you had to pick a guy who's the RB1 this year, who is it? Yeah, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I threw this hot take out there. This is our hot take show. And I said that he could return to the throne. King Henry back as RB1. I think he will be that total workhorse again. I think he's healthy. And remember, he left half, you know, halfway through the season as the RB1 overall ahead of JT at the time. You know, I kind of worry a little bit about the Tennessee offense, but he's going to be the focal point. He's going to get worked. And I think he'll, you know, he's absolutely has a path to that many touchdowns. And I think they actually will need to work him into the passing game a little bit. You know, they don't have A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks is still coming along. So I think they actually will be smart and work him in there. So that's that's mine. And, you know, to your point, I will add, I think that Indianapolis may be a bit more balanced this year with Matt Ryan now Mm -hmm. at the helm. And I think they're going to be working it to Michael Pittman and their tight ends and, you know, this this new rookie. So – uh, yeah, I think that I think that's a decent take to see that JT is no longer the one. Now, who's who's your guy though? Who do you got at RB one? I, I agree with that hundred percent with Matt Ryan there, and I felt like you know Jonathan Taylor had to be that guy, and they just with Carson Wentz they leaned on it. Uh, for me, it's between two guys. I've been saying a lot on the pod that my dark horse is Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook yeah. is one of the cheaper guys, and mm-hmm. he fits that mold of the yardage. But I mean, John. I, I find myself buying him everywhere in my win now teams and it's Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I mean like yeah. yeah. It's out of sight, out of mind, but you look at what he did in twenty nineteen. Thirteen hundred yards, fifteen oh, yeah. touchdowns, one hundred and sixteen receptions, a thousand yards and four touchdowns. He was an RB one and a wide receiver one. Like if you extrapolate yeah. them both, mm-hmm. he's literally could go for a thousand and a thousand. A thousand. Right? I mean, both of those scenarios made him. If you took away his rushing stats, he was a wide receiver one. You took away his receiving Wild. stats, he was an RB one. I don't think yeah, you can I like that one. go against Christian McCaffrey. But I, I look at it, and there's so many guys. I mean, if you told me Kamara or Mixon, maybe even Eckler, you know, there's Najee. so many guys there that I think there there's opportunities there. And uh, you know, running backs are where you can really make that difference. What I've been telling everybody is just let's let's start selling and moving back. Let's make mm-hmm. ourselves – let's get the, those guys like Nick Chubb for David Montgomery in that first. Let's get those guys that are okay. going to ascend. I know you have another hot take on a running back here. And, you know, there's so many here. For me, it's it's DeAndre Swift with over 90 receptions. You know, last nice. year, weeks one through seven, average six a game. I think the ceiling for him is – you know, Christian McCaffrey light when it comes to the receiving game. I think I think he's going to get 80 receptions for sure. My hot take is 90 receptions. I think he finishes as a top six running back as long as he stays healthy. And when I'm looking at that running back list, John, I mean, the only guy, Jonathan Taylor is the only one who hasn't really had that injury yet. And we're looking at them all in there yeah. as long as they're healthy, right? And I think that's exactly. the biggest thing with your guy here. Yeah, I think that's it. And, I, and first of all, I like the Swift one. I think he's another guy that would love to do like the thousand thousand club. Mm-hmm. on the ground through the air. I think that his challenge is just going to be scoring on that Detroit exactly. offense, right? And so, you know, it's hard to picture him as the RB1, but I really like that take a lot. My hot take here is that it's going to be Saquon Barkley, who's currently going as the RB13 on underdog ADP for this year, finishes back in the top six running backs 
for 2022. I think he is actually healthy again. I think it took him a little bit of time. I don't know that he was 100% last year. I think he's going to be the true focal point on an improved offense. Remember, they went to a new coaching staff there. And the O-line is improved as well. Yes, Daniel Jones is still going to be there. Danny Nichols may struggle some. But they're going to lean on Saquon. (laughs) Is it pennies now? That's probably right. But, uh, yeah, I expect some big plays from him. And I think that we'll see. You know, and return to glory for old Saquon. Well, and what Saquon was able to do his rookie year was almost identical stat-wise to what Jonathan Taylor just did. I mean, he would have been in that. Taylor's RB1 season was not the same as what we had for Christian McCaffrey, his RB1 season. And I think what both of us were thinking on this when we both said top six is we are both looking at guys who were like, in my head, I'm like, Saquon could be RB1. I was like, Swift could be RB1. But they won't be able to score enough touchdowns. I mean, the offense, Mm -hmm. you have to put up... At least the lowest anybody's done is McCaffrey had 19, Gurley had 21, uh, Kamara and uh, Henry both had 21, and Jonathan Hill had 20. So in order to be that RB1, you're going to have to be approaching 20 touchdowns, and neither offense really excites me enough to say that that's going to happen. So top six, I think, is bold for both. I could see, mm-hmm. I could see both of those happening. Yeah. What I want to transition now to is the is the wide receiver position. Um, there is just so much value to be had we talked about the running backs that are aging that wide receiver core towards the top is aging as well and my hot take and i know it doesn't sound hot but it's really actionable is cooper cup finishes outside the top eight wide receivers for me this year i know that's not crazy but he's getting drafted as the one or the two in every single draft and for me i am i am using this to make some moves here right i made offers today i offered Cooper Cup for Stefan Diggs in a 23 mid-second. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I think Stefan Diggs outscores Cooper Cup this year. I mean, I think there's a lot of scenarios here where we have to look at what's going on with Cooper Cup. I mean, we have added weapons. Allen Robinson's there now. Cam Akers is back. You know, coaches have really been raving about Allen Robinson, thinking that that's a big thing. Stafford, he's having the elbow issues right now, right? So, I mean, that could, that could knock him down a little bit. The defense last year that struggled a lot, looks to be a little bit more fresh, you know, so that might not be scoring as many points. A finish outside the top 10 seems a little crazy, but I think, you know, Cup, who finished at 440 PPR points last year, which was absolutely nuts, you know, is 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 that repeatable? And to me, I think a top 10, top 5 is repeatable. I don't think that wide receiver one, you know, overall is repeatable for Cooper Cup this year, given that. But what I want to do is talk about some of these insulated trades. I made... All the following offers today, uh, we had Josh on the show last year, uh, or last week, Josh Smith, Jay Bundershepard, follow him, JB Undershepard, sorry. You know, and he was like, dad, not lying, like what he says on the pod is what he does in our leagues. And I made these offers today. I sent out Cooper Cup for Keenan Allen and a 23 first that looks mid. I sent out Cooper Cup for Mike Evans and a 23 that looks mid. I sent out a cup, Cooper Cup for Chris Godwin and in what looks to be like a little bit of an earlier 23 first. I sent out Cooper Cup for Michael Pittman and what looks to be almost a late 23 first. And I think in every one of those situations, I mean, John, Devontae Adams balled out and was 28 and his value was not what Cooper Cups is now at 29. You know, and I think mm-hmm. we have to look at this. Yeah, you know, we got so excited about Cooper Cup, so excited with yeah. what he did. We're valuing him as the a lot of people as the wide receiver three overall in dynasty and he's 
29. You know, he just turned 29. Right. But he'll be 30 next year when this all rolls around. So if you are on a contending team, I love having Cooper Cup on on my team. But the, the moves that I was making and where I was talking about insulating there is, let's say the first one for Diggs, that one makes sense. You know, everybody gets that one. Let's mm-hmm. look at the second one. If I sell Cooper Cup for Keenan Allen and what looks to be a mid-23 first, okay, Keenan Allen's going to put up 80% of Cooper Cup numbers. Right. Easily. That's the thing. Mike Evans, yep. I think, puts up 80% of Cooper Cup numbers. And then I have the insulation. This is where we talk about this. Oh, of yeah. that 23 first. So now mm-hmm. if, you know, Keenan Allen goes down or if I need that final piece, I can buy Devontae Adams for the stretch run with a 23 first because right. he's going to be 29 years old. That's right. Whereas having just Cup and Cup gets injured, now all of a sudden, what do you do? He was 29. He misses half the season. He's 30. That value goes from top three to top 10. You know what I mean? Where yeah, are we going? Because yeah. the wide receiver position has a ton of ascending quality assets. Definitely. Yeah. And, and some people may respond and say, well, okay, you got Keenan and the first, but that first isn't going to help you this year. Well, actually it could because – it's going to continue to gain value as you start to hit the stretch run. If you're looking like a playoff team, flip mm-hmm. that 23 first to someone who's not going to be in the playoffs. And I guarantee you it's going to be worth more then than it is now. And, we and just that was the about, criticism earlier yeah. in the year. Okay, I, right. I traded Cooper Cup in a second, which is late, mm-hmm. for T. Mm-hmm. Higgins in a first that looks mid. So now you have okay. a situation and they're like, oh, man, Higgins isn't going to post up the same number of Cup. I have, I have Higgins as a top 12 wide receiver this year. And then it's like yeah. we've talked about – Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Henry. Those guys are going to be 27, 28 years old. And if that team is out of the playoff picture, you take that mid-23 first and you buy them and you win it all. And that's really what we're trying to do here. Insulate the value of that player, you know, and and it puts us into a situation where, you know, the Rams, we both love Allen Robinson Mm -hmm. this year as well. Yeah, that's going to be my hot take actually here at wide receiver. I'm going to predict that A-Rob finishes as a top 12 to 15 wide receiver this season. So right in that yeah, late wide receiver one, early wide receiver two range. And I think it's a lot of it's going to be what you just talked about. I mean, think about it. The NFL has had all offseason to say, all right, we cannot let Cooper Cup run wild. Okay, Mm -hmm. They've studied up on the film. They will make major adjustments. They're not going to let him do that again. Again, give him credit. It was an unprecedented kind of record-breaking wide receiver season. But I think what we're saying is to take advantage of that and sell high, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to repeat that. And part of it is because A-Rob is now in town. And he's healthy. He's been looking really, really good. Stafford is is definitely going to shift some of those targets to Cooper Cup. Cup will get open and he will get his. But A-Rob, as many of you all know, is actually one of the better route runners He's just a technician, and he's got the hands. And so, sorry, my little Cooper Cup. A-Rob is going to take some of your action, and I, I see him finishing really strong this year in a, in a Rams offense that I think is still going to just crank all year. And we both love Cooper Cup. So, I mean, like, before we get yeah. any hate on that, I think <laughs> – How could you not? Yeah. Tommy, you know, I was – it's crazy because we were talking about this episode and what we wanted to do, and literally we're coming up with the same kind of ideas. I think <laughs> Allen Robinson – if Cooper Cup goes down to injury – Allen Robinson has top five potential for 2022. You know, and I think you're buying him right now. You could get him for less than a 23 first. You could could easily move back from, you know, a a 
Terry McLaurin and add a little bit of value to get Allen Robinson if you're a win now team right. and, and get right. some picks. Right. Um, my yeah, all guy these guys that, are affordable, right? That, that was oh, the yeah. point I was going to make. Like you can buy a Rob for fairly cheap. I've seen him go for a second. Uh, I mean, Saquon, I threw out earlier. I, I was on DLF Trade Finder. I mean, just to, again, make this actionable. I couldn't believe it, but I saw two different trades where he went for Cam Akers. And, you know, even. certainly if, you, yeah, even Ooh. straight up, two different occasions. And, uh, you know, in many cases, it looks like 23 firsts or a 23 first in Mark Ingram. Uh, in some cases, a 23 first and second for Saquon. But, I mean, if these are late picks, I'd advocate doing all of those trades yeah. for Saquon if you're on a contending team. So Absolutely. Yeah, that seems – I mean, I was thinking you almost need to be like 23 first in a guy of like at least Chase Edmonds, Montgomery area right. where you're like that moving range, yourself yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is why we talk about these these type of insulated trades. The other guy that I have that right now Fantasy Pros has wide receiver 28. Um, you know, Underdog has a wide receiver 26. He's finished as high in the last three years as wide receiver two overall. I know I've been pounding the drum over the last couple weeks, but listen, the knee brace is off. He's practicing. Chris Godwin will be a wide receiver one. He's going to finish in that 12 to 15 range. I believe it's closer to 12 on a fantastic offense. Gronk is gone. We know Evans is going to get his, but I think Chris Godwin becomes one of the biggest steals, period. Like he's 26 and most dynasty rankings have him at 16 right now. And this is a guy who has produced back-to-back wide receiver one seasons, and now he's healthy. You know, And I think yeah. he will finish that way, definitely in a points-per-game basis. If he misses two or three weeks, it's not a big deal. It's dynasty. If we can move back, if you're, not, if you're in that mid-area where you're like, John, like I need two or three more pieces to contend, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm close – then you sell Cooper Cup for Godwin in a mid-23 first. And now all of a sudden, that mid-23 first becomes 105. And you just got Chris Godwin and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And yeah. you are Woo, jumping up and down because both of them yeah. will be worth more than Cooper Cup next year. Or at least, at least very comparable. You know? And that's why we talk about the insulated trades. The next one I'm going to get harassed about. You know, like There is no way around it. There really isn't. You guys know I love him. I've been predicting the Josh Allen breakouts. You know, I loved him ahead of time. You know it's Jalen Hurts season. Last year I predicted top eight. John, he did it, right? And and yeah, people that listen to that, you know I have him on every single dynasty team. Jalen Hurts will finish top three. That's kind of hot. But he has the potential to finish number one. All right. Improved weapons with AJ Brown. The progression as a quarterback. People are saying he looks ten to twenty percent better in practice, you know, and I know we talk about we want guys to produce right off the bat. He struggled at times. He didn't. It wasn't the most beautiful thing, but that rushing floor was always there. Now we have an improved offensive line as well. You know, the offensive line was very beat up last year, and I think Jalen Hurts has finally caught up to where his value is in Dynasty. He is going as a late first in Superflex. You know, and it's it's funny because last year you could have got him pretty deep. You know, rounds five, six, and then this year. Before the pounding of the drum, I think you could have got him maybe round two. He has gradually from smash mm-hmm. three to smash seven. Jeez, John, mm-hmm. we did we did <laughs> that <laughs> a lot many. Of smashes. I, I got him in all of them. Okay, it's just that's crazy. crazy. But he moved all the way up to one twelve, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where he was right. at. First round. And the startup value does not match the trade value right now. I love Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is a dark horse for the QB one overall because of that defense mm-hmm. that they have and the weapons he has. But 
I would advocate, you know, I don't think you're going to get Jalen Hurts and a 23 first, but I think you could get Jalen Hurts and a 24 first for Kyler Murray. Okay. And they're going three spots apart in yeah. their ADP right now. Do it. Lamar Jackson in a third for Jalen Hurts and at least one first. I has, might be able to get two firsts if you add yeah, in a little swap. bit on your play. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not advocating moving off Justin Herbert or Josh Allen unless you get crazy amounts. I put a poll up a couple weeks ago where people said they'd willing, be willing to give up two mid or better 23 firsts and Jalen Hurts to get Josh Allen. I love okay. Josh Allen. Okay. But if you talk to me that I could get one of those four running backs that you talked about or Stroud yeah. or Young or Smith and Jigba, I could get two of those guys and Jalen Hurts who no, Jalen Hurts will finish as a QB1 this year. Mark, it, that's that's going to yeah. happen. It's just how high up on the QB1. And I believe it's his job. You know, like it's he is going to play to a high level and it's his job next year as well. And now you get three pieces and that's how winning is done in Dynasty. That's how it's done. Whew, it's starting to heat up in here. I know, that was, that was hot. You'll turn the AC hot. down a little you know, bit. You know, I'm getting the water out here. You know, my kids, my kids are over here. We're doing our draft as soon as this is over. Okay, and nice. I see them over here taking notes. I know lie. They got cheat sheets out this year. I said something about Cooper Cups not going to finish top eight. And my son walked over to check my show sheets. He walked over here on the side. He's like, yo, dad, Cooper Cup? You know, like, so we're starting to get a little <laughs> hot it. here. Love that. Yeah, and I hope that my work league isn't listening to this. I'm hoping to grab Chris Godwin. A couple rounds too late because his redraft ADP like is is way too low right now. It's absurd, especially if you think about his points per game. So yeah, I love the Jalen Hurts talk. I know everyone's shocked to hear that, but that's some real good advice. If you can't get you know a first in the deal for Kyler, and you know maybe maybe you go for the twenty four first, maybe you do a pick swap. I like some of those examples you were given. You know, find out well how close am I? You know, get a conversation going with these folks and say, well, how far off is it though? I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know is a baller so but but he's not you know Kyler he's not Lamar that. you get that you get like that 24 first yeah. I bought Kyle uh, I, I bought Kenny Pickett four shares this week for 24 first now I have two starting quarterbacks you can mm-hmm. get Tom Brady easily for a 24 first so if Jalen Hurts fails Jalen Hurts gets injured now that pick is there you you pick up Tom Brady you go win it all I mean that's what I'm all about here is like insulate your value go out there get the guy that you believe in if you don't believe in Jalen Hurts don't do what I'm saying you know like this yeah. is a hot take. This is an insulated trade, just like what we're trying to do. But if you hit those, if you hit those, they become huge. Yeah. And I, I really like this next one. My hot take at QB here is about Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis. I think that he has a chance to really kind of surprise us all. Eat that W. <laughs> Eat them dubs, man. And I think that he could rack up a few dubs and finish in the top 12 QBs. That might be my hottest one so far. I don't know if we're calling the fire department, but that is hot. He is currently an underdog ADP of QB 21. So we're talking well above that. I just really like the situation that he's coming into. He's got a really solid wide receiver core. You know, Michael Thomas should be back. Chris Olave, I think, is the most pro-ready rookie. He's got Jarvis Landry. He's still got Kamara there. I mean, think about all this. I think he really could cut down on the interceptions now he's got the lasik he's gonna be ready to see, see now, now. Right? yeah i think he'll throw down field a ton too i think the saints are going to need him to do that so get ready i think Jameis winston has a lot more upside than a lot of the other qbs in his area and he's cheap so i looked up on dlf trade finder again kind of what he's going for 
multiple times in Superflex leagues, you could get Jameis Winston for a 23-second. Mm-hmm. And again, it, this is really about contending teams who need a QB2. That's kind of the context here. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with Jameis next year. Well, the, but but I saw, the, the age yeah, there, think? I mean, he's yeah, what, is he 26 years old. You yeah. know, he was a top mm-hmm. five quarterback the last time that he had some legit playing time. I'm not saying that's where he's going to be again. But the Saints are not in a position to go out and get a free agent with their cap where it is. And they're not, yeah. they don't have the draft capital to go it get someone be either. Decent, so right? if Jamison, yeah. if, if Jamis, not Jamison, I was going to go Jamison Williams. If Jamis goes and he's a top 12 quarterback, like you said, or even top yeah. 15, they don't have a better he option get, get for 2023. This could be a two year right. rental. Yep. For a 23 mm-hmm. seconds. You could see it, right? Yeah, yeah you, for the, sure. The narrative's definitely there. He went for Christian Kirk and a third. I saw one trade where he went for Mariota and Jordan Love. Okay, here's one. <laughs> he went for Van Jefferson, LaVisca Chenault, and a third. I mean, why would you not do that? Yeah. So, you know, there's a range. Here's another one where he went for Traylon Burks. Okay. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a little bit all over the place here for Jameis. But, I mean, he can be had for fairly cheap and get you that QB two, I really like that one. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a contending roster and you have Aaron Rodgers, would you consider yeah. Jameis Winston in a mid 23 first, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers, but, or Matthew Stafford, you go, you get Jameis in a 23 first or you, you know, Kirk cousins, yeah. maybe you get Jameis in a 23 second thrown on top of there. I mean, you know, there's so many different different ways to play around with that one. Uh, the right. guy that I think has the potential to finish, you know, he's a, at QB 16 on a lot of websites. I feel like he could easily finish top 12, maybe top eight even. And especially in Scott Fishbowl, it's Derek Carr. I mean, we talk Ooh, about yeah. guys getting improved mm-hmm. weapons. He's got Devontae really like Adams. He's got a, a healthy Darren Waller. You know, like Derek Carr is going to be in some shootouts. We know that, that that AFC West is just loaded up. He is going to be in games where he's not going to be able to win 21-18. He's going to have to put up 35, 38 no points. Doubt. And when you're playing, that that AFC West is going to be, I, I, I mean, I had Herbert. I, I wanted to, to throw out some takes with that because I love him. Yeah. You know, I think he's my dark horse MVP this year. But I was like, that division is just going to be fun. So, <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. That one's good. Um, when to move over, we're talking about wide receivers. For mm-hmm. me, I think Traylon Burks is going to be the rookie wide receiver one. You know, and I think okay. he was my guy coming yeah, into the was. process. And we've, mm-hmm. we've we've moved around. We love Garrett Wilson. We love Drake London in the draft process. London seems a little banged up with a hamstring. But I think he leads all wide receivers. You know, I think there was a little bit of conditioning problems, maybe an injury issues. But recent optimism, I mean, like he's going to play a major role here. You know, like Robert Woods is not what he used to be, I don't think. I think Robert Woods is a nice guy to add, you know, throw a pair of thirds out there, maybe a late second, get him in there. But I don't think Robert Woods is the alpha that we're that, that a lot of people seem to be thinking. I think yeah, Traylon Burks is that alpha where I think he could have a DK Metcalf type rookie season, you know, maybe 700 yards. Maybe, maybe double-digit touchdowns, rushing and receiving. And, man, that backfield, I mean, you, if they get creative and they have some backfields where Derrick Henry's back there and Traylon Burks or they find ways to get really creative misdirections, I think he could rush in a Debo-sense way for maybe 300 yards if if they use him properly. And that's mm-hmm. why I think he's my wide receiver one out of the rookie class. And a lot of people have moved him. I mean, 
John, I saw yeah, he's Traylon come down Burks. Quite a bit. I saw yeah. Traylon Burks go for Damian Pierce the other day, and my heart Ooh. went. <laughs> like, dude, I cried. You know, like we, we had a whole pod on that last week about Damian Pierce. Up. But I mean, I'm seeing James Cook going over him in drafts, and they just keep pushing him back. Sky Moore's moving above him, and I'm just like, he was too good in college to not have. Yeah. You know, Willis looks good. Tannehill's mm-hmm. going to be able to support him, and I think he's my wide receiver one out of the rookie yeah. class this year. Well, and it is kind of hot now to your point. It, my, that was my problem with Burks early on, even preseason and and then heading up to the season there for a little bit. He was going like 102, 103 range, and that was a little bit too steep for me. But now, to your point, he's going later in the first, and he could be had for a value. Yeah, you know, like- yeah. So I think at this point, it's worth considering at that point. So, so staying with this, I have a hot take as well on the rookie wide receiver class that I don't – haven't really seen many people with, but I'm going to say Chris Olave coming back to the Saints again with Jameis Winston. I'm going to ride that one a little bit more and say that Olave will be the highest scoring rookie wide receiver. And about this time next year, I think he could be viewed almost like his teammate Garrett Wilson in dynasty rankings this time next year, because I think we'll see a spike in value from his production as a rookie there with New Orleans. So I, you know, I think that is a little bit hot. If I really had to be honest, like if I'm looking at my own rankings, Drake London, I still have ahead of Olave. I do think there's a couple other guys, too, that have a higher ceiling than mm-hmm. Olave. But coming down to it, I think, again, I think he's the most pro-ready guy, knows how to run the routes, understands the offense. He's going to get open. And, again, I think they're going to be a pass-heavy team with, with Jameis Winston. And so I, that's going to be my hot take there. The the next part that goes with this, and we were talking about it with Adam Armour mm-hmm. last week, when we have these guys, you know, you want George yeah. Pickens, you want Traylon Burks, you want Chris Olave, you know, and I, I've been advocating, and, and it might not be working anymore, but paying a 24 first and some juice to get them. We yeah. talked about how great that 23 first class is. If mm-hmm. you have the 1 to 10, or, I'm sorry, 110 to 112 range, are you willing to drop that for Chris Olave? Or is that too steep? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I've been bouncing that around in my head because I said London, who we had as the wide receiver one, you know, I, I feel is worth that 108 maybe next year, you know, and in that range. But it, if one of these guys you believe is enough to put you over the edge, are you willing to pay that 23 first for any of these? And I, I find myself it's going so back tough. and forth. I'd almost rather yeah. pay a 24 first and second to, to secure right. one of these two guys. Yeah, I would try to avoid it, but if you're looking at the 110 to 112 range, I would consider it for Olave. That might surprise some of you, but I really think what we're going to see is a nice value gain for Olave over the course of the season, just like the 23 first will continue to gain in value. So I think it's an appreciating asset there. So I'd consider it. And again, I would definitely not do it if it's the first six, seven, eight picks in this 23 first Mm -hmm. class, just you got to make sure, you know, if you're feeling really confident, you know, and, and look, there's some teams where I'm feeling confident. It's, it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm a playoff team. I have a shot to win it all. 10, 11, 12 is, you know, a good bet. I'd consider doing it. Give yourself another asset that's going to appreciate as well. So something to think about there. And I think the play here, and this is the biggest thing to take away from this podcast, John, is to get creative and insulate that. If someone, right. you, you believe in Chris Olave, then you offer, you know, you get a lave and a first for McLaurin in a second. You know, you make a move like that where it's like now's where you gain that edge where that second, you know, your second's going to be late. 
You know it already. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and now you right, right. add that to a you know a player that they think they're getting a win on, and then Olave scores more points than McLaurin this year. It's a double win again. I mean, you got to keep yeah. looking at for those. And for me, that guy, and we already talked about it again. I made an offer today for I offered Cooper Cup in a second for Michael Pittman in a first. Michael Pittman, my hot take, will be a top six wide receiver this year. You know, you look at last year, 88 nice. for over 1,000 and six touchdowns. I like that it. That was good. You know, I think, and it, in full PPR, that was top 15. You know, I think you add in Matt Ryan. You look at what he did over the final five weeks of the season with a 29% target share. I think Jonathan Taylor is not going to get as many carries as he did last year. You know, and I think Pittman bumps that up from six touchdowns to – 10, maybe even 12 with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has supported top-end wide receivers his entire career just as late as two years ago with Calvin Ridley in that top six range. So I think Michael Pittman has the talent to be there. He has really moved from, we talk about smash three, he went in the seventh round. Smash seven, he's going in the third round, buddy. You know, like he has really moved to a part where he's almost getting to his ceiling. But I think draft capital versus trade value are mm-hmm. very skewed, just like I was talking about with Jalen Hurts. You know, being able to get a 24 first, in draft, you would never do that. But if you're talking, hey, could I get Hurts in a 24 first? If you get Cooper Cup in the late second, Pittman goes in the mid to late third, nobody's paying you a first-round pick to move up in that situation from a late third to an, a late second. But mm-hmm. I bet if you go out there and you kick the tires – you're not as savvy owners are going to give you Pittman in a first for Cup because they're hungry yeah. to win and they think that's what's going to I be there. See it. And and I think Pittman just balls out this year. Uh, shout out to you know Commissioner Breeze. I know he was he was saying, hey, next year, Dad, dude's going to be worth two twenty three first. So sky's the limit there yeah, on his I on his takes too. on that. Love that guy. Um, we're getting yeah. a little bit long here, but let's hit on let's hit on tight ends, you know, because okay. we I think we hit all the wide receivers we wanted to talk about, you know, and I, I think we could do this for days, just try to list some things. And no, I know no. you're going to put some threads out with the 23 picks. I'm going to put some threads out on insulated trades and how to do these and and how to get yourself in that Ooh, nice. scenario. And I think the next guy we both totally agree on is moving off of Monk's George favorite. Kittle. George yeah. Kittle. Yeah, my hot take here is that George Kittle finishes outside the top six tight ends for the season. And we talked about this in the wedding crasher section of our top or our, you know, our top moments from over the smash except pods and hundredth episode. But I, I really do think that that's a likely scenario that he does finish outside the top six and we'll see his ADP decline. And again, it's because that's going to be a run heavy team. That's what Shanahan wants to do. He's going to be one of the lead blockers on a run first team. I think Lance is going to run it a lot himself. They're going to throw less. And I think that they will kind of spread it around when they do throw. So, you know, my recommendation is if you have Kittle and you're kind of worried about it, see if you can move him after one of his boom weeks when you, you know, find another competing team that might want to see some of that because I think he'll actually be inconsistent. And my, my last concern here too is can the guy hold up all season? I mean, he plays violently, and he's fun to watch. I mean, he's, he's really, in terms of NFL talent, NFL players, he's got to be right up at the top. He's incredible to watch, but I think that that works against him as well, and he could miss some time. And so I think both of us probably on this same hot take here, and we talk about how you insulate here. So if you can get a first and a guy like 
Schultz, Fryermuth, Komet, Knox, one of these guys. I think you got to do it. What do you think? That was my next take. Is you, you, I've been pounding the drum for this. I've now done it four times where I'm getting that 23 okay. first on top yeah. of I did one with Schultz, one with Knox, one with Komet, and I think all three of them mm-hmm. are going to be in that top six to seven range. And I know that seems hot take, yeah. but I think I, I've been saying That's it with it. Knox. It's not a fluke. You know, it's a lot more of a tight end on an elite offense that's going to catch some 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 touchdowns. Komet is going to be a guy who's number two in targets. You always want those tight ends that are going to be one and two on targets on their team, you know, and I think Komet's going to be number two. And, and Schultz, you know, he, he's gotten it done with Dallas. He's been the top five tight end mm-hmm. already. And I think if yeah, you can get those, you're, you're just cashing in off the name, you know, and I think that's really what you're yeah. doing there. And that's We're getting kind 80 of, to 90% of Kittle, right? And then you got the yeah. other asset to protect yourself and flip if yeah. you need to. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's a, a shock to say if I trade Kittle today, you know, and I get Dalton Schultz and that 23 first, and we get to week 12, and this guy's out of it, right? The guy that has Travis Kelsey. I think you could buy Travis Kelsey for that 23 th- first. Maybe a little bit yeah. of juice on top, but like that's what I'm talking about that. is that insulated right. trade, right. even if you're good. Even if your team yeah. is good, and some people call it tinkering, and they're like, but if you make that move and Schultz is is almost there with Kittle, and then you get the injury, now you can buy oh. an, a Waller cheaper. You can buy a, right. a Kelsey off those teams. Right. If you have Kittle and he gets hurt and you're not insulated, then you're crap out of luck. Then you find yourself, and I've done this so many times in Dynasty, John, is like, mm-hmm. Kittle's my number one guy. That's right. And I didn't make this move ahead of time. And now all of a sudden, Kittle gets injured in week 14, and I got to sell Kittle for Zach Ertz in a second, and it, it just feels dirty. You know, like, right. but you need yeah, to have that there. asset there mm-hmm. in that tight end position. So just keep insulating the value of your players so those guys have that option. And we're not saying insulate and trade George Kittle for a 23 first and, and Hayden Hurst. You know, that was one that got offered to me. Hayden Hurst isn't going to put up – he's going to put up 20% of what George Kittle does. But if you get a guy that's going to put up 70 to 80% of that, you're still going to win if your team's Mm -hmm. built the right way. So trust in that process, you know, and and it's it's worked out for both of us. You know, and I think in the past, you know, like the terminology hasn't been the same the whole way across the industry, but that insulated trade is what has really put me over the top and made it so year in and year out – you assess those guys, and we talked about those breakout guys three months ago. And if you bought any of those guys mm-hmm. with the first, I mean, we were talking, you were getting Pittman plus on top right. of that 23 first right. for, for Cup a couple months ago. You know, so, I mean, awesome. Some good awesome, advice. You know, like, it just feels great. You know, like, the first time we had Josh and Adam on last week, they're like, how'd you come up with that insulated trade? And I was like, well, I'll tell you about my first one, and, and I, wanted, I wanted to get your get your thought on it. And I was like, I had Antonio Brown after Antonio Brown had back-to-back-to-back wide receiver one overall seasons, right? So Mm -hmm. I I ended up trading him for – there was a guy back in the day named Devontae Adams who was, uh, you know, starting to rise. So I got Devontae Adams and a first and a second. The first, I believe – and then I think it ended up being like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs and a first for Antonio Brown. And I'm like, dude. I've always had this ability to like pick that next breakout guy oh, that made it that. where that team went from like being in the bottom to being in there, you know? And I think if you can, you can pick those guys out. You can, we talk about hot takes. These are the guys that we were passionate about. If you move off of them, dude, good things are going to happen. Good luck right. on your draft tonight. I know my kids are stoked. We're going to start Can't ours wait. here in like 20 minutes, you know, pizza's good on luck, the way. Kids. Get Take some out burgers. Your dad. 
<laughs> Matthew won it all last year. You know, if you guys saw my tweet 10 years ago, we've been doing this for 10 years. Nice. And uh, my daughter was three and she drafted Tim Tebow in rounds one through eight. <laughs> Every single, I don't think she quite got the uh, process down. She, she skipped round Tebow, nine. Yeah. She's like, I don't know who I want. And came back in round 10 and took Tebow again. So don't okay. go with those. She, they, you know, she came in second last year. She's, she's coming okay, around she's, on it. But she's figured it out now. If you yeah. guys have kids, get them involved with this. Yeah, it's fun do it. because they come up to you, you know, and, and John's, everybody's like, dude, what do you do with your kids during football games? Like they right. don't want to watch that. Right. But mm-hmm. my kids will come over and be like, yo, did Joe Mixon score a touchdown today? Right. You know, like, yeah, I've got a couple of my kids to do it as well. It's take fun. fantasy football, match it with family time and, and just build yeah. it all together. You know what I mean? And, and enjoy that, that little thing. And, and just, you know, you don't have to, you're not forcing it on him. I mean, my oldest doesn't care. You know, like right, he's right. won. He won the first three or four years, and now he's like he's too cool for it. But every now and Fortnite. then, he's like, "Hey, he's like, what's Josh Allen doing right now?" You know, and it just gives you that yeah, that little right. time to bond. So, John, sure. talk to me about what you got going on here, and let's close this out. Yeah, so definitely hit us up as we're leading up to the season. We even can help you with lineup decisions. But definitely, again, now is a really good time to make some of these trades before the big reveal. In week one so if you've been listening to our show you know we have a lot of actionable advice now including tonight some of these hot takes can actually um be a, a good call or what are your hot takes and, and figure out who are the guys that you really believe in or that you think are overvalued make those moves ahead of week one and then definitely can't wait to start breaking it down once we get into the regular season this is what it's all about all the prep so good luck to you that have drafts left over definitely reach out if we can help and one just happened in Smash 3 because our boy Adam Armour made a deal. He got James Conner, Zach Uh-oh. Ertz, and a 24 first for Mixon. You know, and it's not quite nice. – it doesn't sound like a ton of, you know, like sexiness, but he's got three, two starters there and now a 24 first to play with, you know. So, yeah, guys, there you go. thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.